Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you'd like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And Doug has to get his headphones plugged in. There we go. Gotcha. Yeah. As I was doing that without looking, so, you yeah, know. You did a good job there. Well, it is uh, Monday, April 4th, uh, second week of uh, into April already. Yeah. The time's just a-flying. Uh, hey. You know, did we talk about this last week about the Biden administration putting X on passport? Did we talk about that? Oh, uh, I don't know if we did. I saw that in the that news. That was a big yeah. thing, and the reason why it's so big is we don't know if other countries are going to recognize mm. that, especially Middle Eastern countries uh, that you may go to. Uh, well, uh, even Ukraine. You know, you've heard those stories. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but on Thursday, they announced uh, that they're going to make on a lot of federal forms now where you can identify as a transgender or non binary. Uh, and, and think, just think about that for a second. I mean, we literally now are having our government put out a lie because it is a lie when a man says he's a woman or a woman says he's a man. Biologically, they're marked XXXY. And now the United States government, on its official identification that carries with it all the privileges of being a citizen of this country, going to other places, if that doesn't tell you we aren't of this world, I don't know what will, because that is absurd. It's absurd. It's absurdity. Well, yeah, and it, how quickly we got there. I mean, you, you got to remember when Obama was running for president, he was saying, I believe in marriage between a man and a woman. And, you know, we went from there just in that short time. Was that 12 years ago when he got elected? Um, no, wait, 14. My bad. <laughs> yeah, it's 14 years ago that he got elected. And in that time, we've gone from you know, homosexuality, homosexual marriage is okay, to transgenderism is okay. And you know what the next step is going to be is pedophilia. I mean, that's where we're headed, well, and there's already people making those arguments. Well, yeah, and in fact, the Biden administration said the option of the X category is soon going to be expanded to federal student aid, um, to discrimination complaints with the EEOC. Um, and, and that's a big deal because that means – in your workplace, if you don't recognize somebody as a she, if they are a he mm. who's dressing as a she, then they can file a federal complaint against you uh, with the EEOC. And, uh, that, and, and so that means employers are going to be pressed on this issue as well. It, it, it's just absolutely insane that this is being pushed so hard. We're not talking about sexual freedom now mm -hmm. we're talking about a lie a lie a lie that allows social media to ban you know um people for simply stating the truth that rachel levine is a man I'm pretty sure the babylon b is still in yeah that they are so um again 
we we need to continue to pray um pray for mercy pray that god would would raise up a voice to speak the truth and you know not that our voices are going to change we still live in a democracy or a democratic republic anyway and we can still let our congressmen know hey we don't like this but far too many people aren't involved it's like charlene Catherine, our guest last week said go to the school board meetings go to the school board workshops go to the city hall meetings allow your voice to be heard hey we don't think this is a good idea because one of the things that they put out from the Biden administration last week that I really have a hard time believing, just to be honest with you, is that it said they sought input. You know, they they gathered input. It says uh, uh, the person who's named Doug Benning was the principal deputy assistant secretary of state said the day before the decision was formalized that the process included collecting public feedback. Do you really believe, Taylor, that our country believes that we ought to have an X on a passport general? I mean, do you think that's the rampant view in our country? You know? I don't believe it yeah, is. That's I, a, think, I that, think that's a tricky question now, though, because, you know, who knows how the thing was asked. And also, you know, people are getting a little bit more and more like, oh, well, you know, you know, live and let live type thinking. But, yeah, I would not imagine that most people are, are for uh, the, you know, LGBTQ jihad. Yeah. Well, uh, a few days before uh, the White House put out this, every American deserves the freedom to be themselves. That's not true. That's not a true statement. A serial killer can't be himself. Hmm. A, a pedophile right now can't be himself. Uh, so we don't have the freedom to be whoever we want to be. There are always limits and constraints because of civilization. And so now what we're doing is we are putting out an absurdity that a biological man who cannot have a child, cannot um, function in any way as a female, has no hormones as a female unless he ingests them, but we're being told we have to honor that and act like that's reality and buy into their gender confusion uh, dream. And, and that's just – and we're told even in the church people, some people in the church are saying, well, we need to be sensitive. you got Wren Collective saying, well, you know, that's hateful. What is more hateful to to help somebody live out a a lie against God's design? What's really hateful there to let them face the wrath of God without anybody trying to speak loving truth to them? Come on. Really? Come on, man. (laughs) Yeah. uh, A few weeks ago, do you know who Delano Squires is? No. Uh, He's a column writer. Uh, He writes for the Blaze Black Dude. He he said something that I thought was really funny. He said, you put 100 men on an island with 100 transgender women in 100 years, there will be no one alive on the island and no one will have reproduced. He's like, that's not an attack. That's facts. I was like, oh, that's, that was really good. Well, um, well, it is true. It is true that that it, there's no way to procreate. That's why every civilization rejects this as a norm. Mm-hmm. Even though they may allow it, they reject it as a norm. Except the United States, where we now say, you have the right to be whoever you want to be. But they, that's just not true when they say that. 
They're saying that related to this. Why? Big money lobby, big money progressives put in uh, a lot of funds to the Democrats who um, really espouse that agenda. And listen, this isn't a Republican Democrat thing. Just go look at platforms. Look who stands behind this absurdity. It's really it's it's a bad, bad thing for us to um, affirm a lie. And that's what we're doing when we do this. And so it's it's really a sad day that now we put that on passports and it's going to go to other things. And so you as a believer, you're going to be forced to either be silent and uh, or out of fear of being canceled or you're going to face blowback for telling the truth. And um, I think we have a moral responsibility to speak truth. We do it in love, but we do. Uh, so anyway, enough on, on that piece of the news. Did you see where the NIH admitted it suppressed the Wuhan, Wuhan lab genetic data? Uh, it, no big surprise there, right? Yeah. I mean, they've suppressed a lot of stuff. They've inflated other numbers, and people wonder – and, and there have been well-meaning people on social media who've said, well, we have to trust the CDC. We have to trust the NIH. Again, here's another example of why we don't, <laughs> because they suppressed data. Why? It wasn't politically expedient. Who determines whether something's right or wrong? Do you really want Dr. Fauci making decisions for you? I mean, do you really? I wouldn't trust that man to take care of my dog if I left, you know, much less uh, make decisions as far as our medical health. Well, you definitely wouldn't let him uh, take care of your dog. You remember he, he ran experiments in which they tortured I, I know. I wouldn't. That's right. Yeah, um, uh, for sure. I'm, there is a problem, I, I, you know, in a culture where you can't trust any institution. That's, I mean, name one institution that is trustworthy, right? I mean, it, it, when you come to a place, you know, people are saying – Oh, you got to trust the CDC. You got to trust this and that. I mean, I understand that impulse, like you, in a society, you want to have people that are trustworthy. But when uh, institutions have proven that they're not, you know, trustworthy, that they're you know politically motivated and stuff, uh, you don't you, you you don't just trust lies, right? You don't just trust people who uh, haven't earned it, who who um, who speak untruths. But at the same time, that is a dangerous place for us to be as a society because uh, when there's no uh, a form of authority, you know, or civil institution that's trustworthy, um, you know, scary, you know, things are going to happen. You know, that's all I'm going to say as far as that goes. And it's a place that if we all as a collective don't come back to God, you know, it's going to just get worse. Well, we have to stand firm for the truth. And the truth is in God's word as it relates to spiritual truth and God's design for us. And when you get things like the LGBTQQIA, <laughs> which is, uh, there's two Qs, one's queer and one's questioning now. <laughs> uh, but the T, did you know what the T stands for? It's not just transgender, um, but it's also, uh, you know, um, transphobia. They're, they're speaking out against, quote, transphobia. You know what that means, the definition of that? It's the discrimination against or hatred of those who are gender variant or the inability to deal with gender ambiguity. Hmm. Well, what gen, gender ambiguity, what does that mean that you don't today you're a man, tomorrow you're a woman? Oh, they have a whole 
it's crazy the the thought that's gone into well, this. I'm yes. I'm glad we're going to focus on Acts 15 when we come back, and we're that there's no ambiguity about yeah. the right. gospel, right? All right, so stick with us. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good well, it's time for a playlist update, Doug. <laughs> I know, I know. Every time we hear that, I keep saying, I got to get with Larry and get that off. <laughs> I, it's just. Just makes me grieve because, yeah. I, and I, you know, I really don't want to be a cancel guy, but come on, you know, it's just really, it's frustrating. Yeah, it is. But um, anyway, welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. If you are just joining us this week, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter fifteen, verses thirteen through thirty-five. Um, we started our look at this chapter last week. We uh, covered uh, verses one through twelve. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about what we learned last week, and then we're going to get into um, the text for the day. Uh, as a brief review, just looking at um, where we are in the book of Acts, if you're just tuning in, we've been in Acts for a while. And Acts is the expansion of the gospel uh, westward from Jerusalem. And it's also kind of how the ministry expanded and how the apostles took over where Jesus left when he left the earth when he ascended he entrusted the the apostles with the gospel told them you will be my witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria the ends of the world earth and and they have started that process they uh, peter preached in jerusalem thousands of people came to faith then they went to samaria where philip took the gospel there phil and then uh, peter went up and affirmed the gospel there and then we see um, the persecution really kind of started in Acts chapter 6 where uh, and 7 where um, Stephen was martyred, and he was a Hellenistic Jew who was preaching the gospel, and the leaders there stoned him, and Paul was at his feet, although he was called Saul then. Saul then took that persecution and began arresting Christians, persecuting them, having them stoned. And he was on his way to Damascus in chapter 9 of Acts and and met Jesus there, post-resurrection Jesus, had a conversion experience. 
where he then became the messenger, the primary messenger of the gospel to the Gentiles in Galatia, east, you know, the southern Turkey area. And, uh, and so we saw him and Barnabas commissioned out of the church in Antioch in Acts 13, sent out. They went to Cyprus first, which was Barnabas's hometown. Then they went to um, uh, Iconium, uh, Antioch of Pisidia, Iconium, Lystra, and Derby, all in Galatia area. Uh, the area we see today is southern Turkey. And they shared the gospel with pagans, Gentiles. These were people that some of these cities didn't even have synagogues in them. They may have had Jews, but they didn't have a synagogue. And Paul and Use Barnabas, uh, whoa! Paul and Barnabas were uh, street preaching. What happened there, Taylor? <laughs> I don't know. Siri heard you say <laughs> Jews, and it came up. Here's some information. Like, oh well, they got to be careful with Siri, man. Up, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Uh, anyway, they were street preaching and people trusted christ they went back through by the way they were uh, paul was stoned they were kicked out of towns but still people came to faith of the way and what happened and they they uh worked their way back through discipling these people leaving leaders in charge of the church there and when they got back to antioch they were met there with some men from jerusalem who said wait These men have to be circumcised. Any of these Greeks that come to Christ have to be circumcised. And Paul and Barnabas were really upset. They they began to debate with them. And the church at Antioch sent them and some other guys down or up to Jerusalem. When they got to Jerusalem, they went to confer with um, the, the brothers there, with the apostles, with James, the leader of the church there. And we saw what they did last week uh, on air is, it, that God, um, king, they were kingdom priests standing firm for what the, uh, against false teachers. These people who were attempting to add law to grace, and they stood firm against them. Paul said in Galatians two, he says, "Listen, we didn't give in to them even for a moment." And and that's one thing we saw as kingdom priests. All of us have that responsibility. If somebody is perverting the gospel around us, we have a spiritual responsibility to correct them and not be silent, not just to, out of fear, uh, uh, but but to say, hey, you don't add anything to the gospel. Second, we saw them go to Jerusalem to seek wisdom from leaders in the community of faith. Why? Because those were the guardians of the truth. And so they went there in humility to seek some, some, you know, some instruction from the apostles, the people that had been entrusted with the keys to the kingdom. And then we saw, as Peter shared last week, they stayed grounded in God's word. Peter relayed what God had said. In fact, Peter said five things. He said, listen, I was there. I witnessed what God did in verse 7. He said, God made the choice. He made the choice to use me as a messenger. He made the choice to send me to Cornelius. In verse 8, he said, God gave them the Holy Spirit. Well, when somebody got the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, that meant they were a believer. That meant they were baptized in the Spirit, and their hearts were cleansed by faith, and they were now part of the family of God. He also said God made no distinction between them in verse 9. And then he says, listen, we couldn't keep the law. Why are we going to put the law on them? We're all saved by grace. He said, 
don't test God. In other words, don't make God angry. So Peter said all these things because the the error of adding to the gospel, first of all, destroys the biblical view of the gospel, the biblical definition of the gospel. It is Jesus plus nothing. It is grace alone. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works. You can't add anything to it. And they were trying to uh, fight against that error. But the second thing the error does is it destroys the unity of the church by making two classes of people. You've got the Jews, and then you've got everybody else who's a believer uh, that's not a Jew, the Gentiles. Two classes, A-team, B-team, varsity, junior varsity. Well, that's not the way it was designed. And Paul writes in a later letter, listen, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile. And he says, if anybody comes to you that preaches a different gospel than the one we preached, he said, even if we come back, I mean, think about what he's saying. Even if we come back, or even if an angel comes, let them be accursed if it's a different gospel. That's pretty strong language, and he says it twice in Galatians 1. And so that's what we saw last week. And as we go into the text this week, we're really going to be looking at two ideas. One is not just standing firm against false teachers or seeking wisdom from the faith community or staying grounded in the word. We, we're going to stay true to the gospel. What is the good news? And, and, and stay true to that and not put any demands on anybody for salvation other than what? To trust Jesus, to 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 really trust Jesus, to have faith in him as Messiah. That's what the true gospel is. And then second, be sensitive to those that we're trying to reach or those that need the gospel. And they lay out some regulations for them, only four. And the reason they give them those regulations is not for salvation, but it's to be sensitive to the Jews in their areas where they may be in hopes of reaching those Jews. Remember, the Jews were the guardians of the text or the scripture. The Jews were given the law. They were given uh, the, the scriptures. They were given the Torah. They were given the wisdom books. All these things before this time, this is about somewhere between, I don't know, 40, 60 A.D. And so prior to that, you had all the prophets, you had Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, you had Ezekiel, you had the minor prophets, Daniel, Hosea, Micah, Zephaniah, Zechariah. You have the wisdom books, the Proverbs, the Psalms, all those messianic prophecies in those books, the historical books, they were all given to God's people. So the hope was that we should have a burden for the, the people of God, the Jewish people, to reach them because they were entrusted with that. They were chosen as God's people to be the messengers. And because they didn't, now God has raised up the church to take that mantle. But one day it says in Scripture that the Jews as a nation will come back. We don't exactly know what that's going to look like because there's a lot of symbolism there. But we know that as a nation they're going to repent and believe in Messiah one day. So until that day, we need to stay true to the gospel, and we need to be sensitive to those we are trying to reach. 
And so I'm going to have you read the text. I'm probably going to wait till we come back from the news to get into the the reading the text because it's long. It's 13 through 35. So, um, but just as a reminder, you know that the gospel, the gospel is Jesus and Jesus alone. And what this error of adding the law to the gospel or saying it's Jesus plus anything, remember, it destroys the view of uh, salvation. And that's called soteriology. It's the study of salvation. But when you add anything to it, and you and I talked about this last week, how sometimes there's a pendulum swing to people who say, well, we're not going to add anything to it and we're not going to do anything because of it. Yeah, And that's like a hyper grace, which says, I don't have to do anything. There's no requirement made on me. There's no requirement made for the gospel. There is a requirement for those who are Jesus followers and who are in his family. So the requirements come afterwards, not as a burden. Paul says, I'm not burdened by these things. I do them, what, out of love because of what he's done for me. First John 4 says, because he loved us, what we love him because he loved us. Well, what does that love look like? Well, we serve him because of love. We obey him because of love. Go back and look at Deuteronomy 6, where the Shema is. It, it is all about doing his commandments, keeping his commandments out of love for him, which is a far cry for doing it to earn his love. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what... Uh, these people might have felt with this message of, well, you got to get circumcised and you got to keep these laws. Well, wait a minute. Paul just told us we didn't have to. So that's why Paul and Barnabas were so upset. And remember, they brought Titus, a Greek down there who was not circumcised, to say he has the spirit. He's a changed man. So when we come back, I'm going to have you read 15, 13 through 35, and we're going to get into this staying true to the gospel. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. Before we go, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. Uh, you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. SWAT Radio, that is Austin French with Freedom Hymn. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 15, verses 13 through 35 this week. Uh, Just before the break, we were going over a little bit of a review to get us caught up to where we are at in the text. And then we are going to go ahead and read the text. You want me to do that now, Doug? Okay. Um, So this is starting in verse 13 of chapter 15. After they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. 
and with this the words of the prophet agree, just as it is written. After this I will return, and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will restore it, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who make these things known from from of old. Excuse me. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols, and from sexual immorality, and from what has been strangled, and from blood. For from ancient generations Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he has heard every Sabbath in the synagogues. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, leading men among the brothers, with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, in Syria, in Cilicia, excuse me, greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions. It has seemed good to us, giving, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same thing by word of, the, of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had sent some, spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers, so that those who had sent oh wait, to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord, with many others also. This is the word of the Lord. Um, you know, I told you it was a long passage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go back to um, verse 13. It says, after they finished speaking. Last week we, we read verse 12 where it says, after Peter spoke, they fell silent and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. And so what Paul and Barnabas relayed was that the Holy Spirit was doing some of the same miracles among these pagan Gentiles that he did among us, the Jews. In fact, if you remember, we said, uh, I don't don't know if it was last week or the week before, when Paul healed the lame man, remember he healed the lame guy, he just walked up to him. The guy didn't ask to be healed. Paul just healed him. Well, Peter did that in Acts chapter 3. Jesus did that in John chapter 6. They all healed people that didn't ask to be healed as a sign. And it was the Spirit going, doing these wonders so that God's people, the to use the, the phraseology Luke used, the Gentiles that God was going to take from these people, 
uh, for his name, a people for his name. In other words, God drew people out of those cities that were his to come to him. And I, I related last week how in India, I was preaching over northern India in this remote village. And when I, I gave the opportunity for people to start following Christ, nine people stood up. And it cost them something immediately there. They were ostracized by their village, but they didn't care. They became part of a church over northern India. And these people had never heard about Jesus. They had never heard about Abraham. They had never. And it's the same way here. When when Paul and Barnabas were preaching over in Lystra and Derby and, and over in Iconium, they were preaching, and the people there who were pagans had never heard about Egypt and how God led his people out or Abraham or Isaac. And so Paul and Barnabas relayed that. And then it says in verse 13, after they finish, James replied, brothers, listen to me. And James, the half brother of Jesus steps up as the leader of the Jerusalem church. That's a big deal. And the reason it's a big deal, because if you flip over to John chapter 7, when Jesus is getting ready to go, um, or actually when the family's getting ready to go to Jerusalem, three times a year the men of Israel had to go to Jerusalem for the feast. Uh, they were supposed to go there. The women could go if they wanted to. They could bring their families if they wanted to. But the men were required to go. And it says in verse 3 of John 7, so his brothers, which James would have been one of them, one of his half-brothers, said to him, leave here, go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For nobody works in secret if he seeks to be open, known openly. If you do these things, then show yourself to the world, for not even his brothers believed in him. James was one of those brothers. And now he's the leader of of the church in Jerusalem. And uh, and he's also the same James that said later, hey, we need to go get him out of here because people are saying he's lost his mind and he's going to take him. And, and so this James says, brothers, listen to me. He takes an authoritative role. Now what's striking about that is that Peter's there and the other apostles are there, but they're not the leaders of the church. God did not want it to be a celebrity-driven church, even though you would think that James, the half-brother of Jesus, would have been a celebrity, but he was an unbeliever. It was almost like infamous hmm. instead of famous, but but he was the leader of that church. Jesus appeared to him. You know, he it says in 1 Corinthians he was one of the ones Jesus appeared to. Um, what's interesting about that is, I wonder what that conversation was like. Told you. Hmm. Tried to tell you. Could you imagine being his brother by his little brother, Jesus' little brother, or his half-brother? Imagine what that, that family was like growing up. Come on. Come on, James. Can't you be more like your older brother? Hmm. I mean, like, you know, you and I know what that's like to, to have other kids in the family mm -hmm. that maybe we question things a little more or we kind of, push against the grain can you imagine having jesus as your brother how hard that would have been well yeah and 
in in some, I guess, in a human sense, you could see why it would be difficult for him to believe, right? Because he grew up with Jesus, and, and even could be some resentment for what you're talking about there. Like, oh, he's always the perfect one, <laughs> but you know, in in his grace and and mercy, he came and uh, saw his brother afterwards to the to the point where it was like, you know, he could almost do nothing but believe. And uh, you know, I think it shows uh, just the personal aspect of God's love for all of us, but particularly you know for his brother that he like went back. And hey, and he up? appeared to yeah. him, and then he became the leader here of the church in Jerusalem. And he says, brothers, listen to me. And then he affirms what Simon said. And he says, Simon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. Notice it says God took from people a people for his name. This is way before John Calvin ever existed. You know, so people who want to say, well, God doesn't choose. I don't know how they deal with verses like this because God took Cornelius. He, he, he moved in Cornelius to send people to Peter. And there's some way our responsibility works hand in hand with God's sovereignty in a way that's so beyond our ability to comprehend. But he says that. And, and here James is affirming what Peter says. And then he quotes scripture from Amos. He goes to Amos 9, verses 11 and 12. And he says, with this, the words of the prophets agree, as it is written. Then he quotes Amos. He says, after this, I will return and we will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. Well, he's saying, listen, the tent of David was fallen. Babylon came in, took him captive, Assyria. And for a long time, the glory of Israel was suppressed. They were supposed to be God's messengers to the world, but they were in captivity. But he says, I will rebuild its ruins. I will restore it, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. Now, what he's saying there is, that the Lord who makes these things known from of old, God spoke about the fact that Gentiles were going to be brought in. This is not something new. God had this in mind from the beginning. And it's hard, again, for us to grasp that, but that's what he's talking about. And basically what he says in verses 13 and 14, James is saying God reached into the cesspool or the toilet and pulled us out of it. He pulled out something that was really rancid, really nasty, really dirty, and he made it something beautiful because of his son. And and the Gentiles, the Gentiles were redeemed in the same way. Like Peter said last week, we read last week, he says that we're going to be saved just like they will. We're all saved by grace. And so James is, again, emphasizing so we need to stay true to the fact that god gave us this as a gift ephesians 2 8 9 for by grace you've been saved through faith we can't add to it romans 5 8 says while we were yet sinners christ died for us and so he's saying god visited these people to take a people for his name out of his grace the gospel is about grace It's the grace of God. It's what makes it different from every other religion in the world. 
All right, you're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be back with more after the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 15, verses 13 through 35 this week. Uh, I've been talking about that. If you have any questions or would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, you, as we were uh, going out... Uh, Taylor, we, I was mentioning Romans 5, 8, which says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I think most of us like to believe we're pretty good people. Hmm. In fact, we try to justify ourselves all the time instead of seeing ourselves through the lens of, of God uh, we we kind of compare ourselves to you or somebody else. Like I'll look at you and say, well, you know, I got my flaws, but I'm better than Taylor. And then Taylor looks at this other guy over here and says, well, you know, I'm 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 not that bad, you know, as this guy. And so what we do is we keep looking around and we find the lowest common denominator and say, well, you know, the guy who's the drug addict on the street, you know, we're not like that guy, but we're all uh, excrement. And, and that's why that, that analogy is so good about how God reached in the toilet, pulled us out, and made us not excrement. He made us something beautiful because of his son. And he puts his spirit in us to make us live for him, live for others. And it doesn't mean we're perfect. doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean these fleshly bodies we live in uh, doesn't crave things and, and make mistakes and we hurt people and we, we hurt ourselves because of, uh, you know, um, we make bad choices at times and we allow the enemy to deceive us, speak untruths into our ear, and we buy into them. But 
like Paul says, you know, these people shall not inherit the kingdom, but such were some of you. God does a work and he takes the excrement and he makes us into something beautiful. And um, what we need to do as his messengers and ambassadors is stay true to the gospel. Um, Because Paul said in Galatians 5, he says, if you take circumcision, Christ is of no value. He's of no value. I mean, like if you if you think by being circumcised or let's just say any activity, if you think getting baptized saves you, then you make Christ inconsequential. It's the same thing as saying you need to be circumcised, you need to be baptized. Should you be baptized? Yes. If you're a believer, out of obedience to his commands, get baptized. But that doesn't make you a believer the believing happens as a result of his grace and your response to that. It's, it's your response to the grace to say, yes, I want you to be my Messiah. I'm trusting you. I'm not trusting in my religious activity. I'm not trusting in my religion. I'm not trusting in anything but in Jesus as the bridge to God. He is, he is the only thing I need to be in a right relationship with God. I receive him as my Messiah. I receive him as my King. I receive him as my Savior. I'm his, and I'm forever his. Um, so that's really what, you know, he's he's trying to bring out here is say, we, you know, when he says don't trouble the Gentiles, it's faith alone, just faith alone, trusting in him. And so uh, I hope that's helpful for people because there's a lot of different groups in our culture that want to add to what he did on the cross. Mm. But that's, that's like Paul said, they should be cursed. Let him be accursed because that destroys a biblical view of salvation and it destroys the unity of the church. When you have people who are trying to add those things to it. And there's a lot of gospel confusion out there. Yeah. Um, you know, there there really is. Do you think there's any – have you seen any movements that are, are moving to, um, I guess, uh, reconcile the church in a, a you know, a solid, grounded way? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, there have been a couple of movements like Together for the Gospel kind of things where uh, these conferences, these Christian leaders are, have been trying to – get church leaders to come together for the clarity of the gospel um you know and and that's one of them uh, but again some some of the <laughs> some of those groups uh, that have come together have allowed the wokeness stuff mm-hmm. to come in and taint what they're trying to do and they've become more focused on other things um yeah, because you know I can see how that would happen too. Because uh, there's an element of uh, trying to find ways to come together of saying, okay, well, you know, this doctrine that we don't agree on, let's not focus on that. Let's just focus on these things, and then you kind of get into that mode. You know, some people might go a little crazy with it and say, oh, well, we can accept all this ideology that is incompatible with the Bible. So, it, I, yeah, I just was wondering, uh, you know, because. Churches fractured as far as different uh, denominations and stuff, and I just don't know, is that something that we should just expect, that it's going to be that way and you know it's <laughs> going to be okay to be that way? Or is 
there's going to come a time where the church coalesces and comes together because, you know, some people have some serious theological differences on what other people will consider minute areas of of the the Bible. Well, you know, I, I don't. I think it's in Romans where Paul says the reason there's sex among you is to 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 basically reveal the true brothers. Mm. Um, and I think we're we're always going to have these little schisms. And and you know we're going to talk about that this week actually in SWAT because uh, we're looking at um, Acts fifteen uh, thirty six through forty one and how Paul and Barnabas split ways, which could have been a really really bad thing, but they didn't split over moral issues, theological issues. They split. Uh, over really personality and um, uh, what I would call um, a ministry preference issues. You know, some people believe you minister this way. Some people believe you minister that way. Um, but as far as it relates to the gospel, if you add anything to the gospel, that is a theological issue, and it's worth dividing over because we need to remain true to the gospel. If somebody's telling you, you have to be baptized to be saved. They're adding something to the gospel because it doesn't say that in Scripture. Yes, it talks about being baptized, but that's an obedience issue. And and you see people baptized out of obedience. But, the but you know, when they say, what, what must we do to be saved, repent and be baptized, the baptism that he's talking about, is repent and and be immersed. You know, the baptism is symbolic of what took place on the inside of somebody's heart. It's the symbolic death of their self in the rebirth of the spiritual uh, self that Christ is in them now. The, it's the born-again aspect that God talked about in John chapter 3 when Jesus was instructing Nicodemus, he said, unless a man is born again, he cannot inherit the kingdom. And so that baptism that Peter talks about is on the inside. The physical water baptism is just a symbol of what's already taken place. Right. It's also commanded, right, like to get baptized. Yeah, it is. Um, So what would you say? But so is keeping the Lord's Supper, I mean, communion, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask someone who, you know, becomes a Christian and then, refuses to get baptized because they just they don't want to get baptized <laughs> would they you know would that be a false brother because they're com- they're refusing a command of god it's not for any reason of like oh i became a christian right before i died um well you know i <laughs> first of all i i would instruct them that, listen this is something commanded if you're a believer why wouldn't you want to follow his commands yeah um you know i mean uh but there are some people that believe in baptismal regeneration mm-hmm. and that basically when you're baptized, that's when the Spirit comes in you. Um, I, and I believe, let me say up front, I believe that every believer should be baptized. I, I believe that because it's symbolic of your death, burial, and resurrection with Christ. Um, but... If you require anything in addition to faith in Jesus, it becomes a work-based salvation. 
to add anything to it is to say that his death on the cross wasn't enough. You got to do this. You got to add a work to it. So I think it's really important that we distinguish that baptism is a result of salvation, not a requirement for salvation. Right. Uh, but I do think it's necessary. And if somebody refuses to be baptized, I would ask them why. Yeah. Why would you not be baptized when we're, you were commanded to? Well, I don't think you need to. Well, it says in Scripture you do. Yeah. So uh, you're you're not obeying God's Word. And the Bible says that if you're His, you would want to do that. So why wouldn't you want to do that? Right. Uh, another question. People say Jesus was 33 when he died, right? And mm-hmm. they say it's because he had a three-year ministry, and they say that because uh, there's three different accounts of going to Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you just said that, you know, men were required to go three times a year. So, you know, was Jesus 33, or is that just kind of, is there any other evidence to that, uh, that he had a three-year ministry? or? Uh, what, what do you mean? As, uh, what's so, the question? So people say that Jesus had a three-year ministry, and he died, you know, obviously he started when he was 30, and he died when he was 33. Um, because there's three different accounts of him going to Jerusalem and say, oh, that that say it signifies three different years. Yeah. But you just said they had to go at one three times in one the, year. That, so. they, they were supposed to go three times a year. That's correct. Right. So then you, you could make the argument that he had a one-year ministry then. Like, is, um, is there more to Well, that? no. I mean, if you look at the scriptures regarding Herod mm-hmm. when he lived and regarding Pontius Pilate, you can kind of figure when he lived. We'll have to come back to this tomorrow, but that's a good question, and we can follow up on it tomorrow. All right, so make sure you tune in tomorrow. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's work to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual